is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great nation despite great controversy over a student loan forgiveness program, which Ben Domenech of The Federalist, he is the publisher of The Federalist, and he writes the daily newsletter, The Transom, under their auspices. Uh, ben Domenech says that the Biden program is unforgivable and it is authoritarian. He has an elegant sentence where he declares, as politics, it is gruesomely crass, as policy, it is utterly backwards, as law, it is obscene. Uh, we will get to that in just a moment, but there is breaking news, and I would be retrograde if I didn't keep you apprised. Uh, judge Bruce Reinhardt down in Florida, the magistrate judge who uh, has been involved with the search of the Mar-a-Lago facility from the beginning. He authorized the search warrant and signed it. Uh, Judge Reinhardt has granted the motion to unseal the affidavit for the grand jury by noon tomorrow. Uh, the affidavit contains key information about the investigation into classified documents that were kept at former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence and private resort after he left office including information on why FBI agents suspected crimes may have been committed. Uh, meanwhile, Ben Domenech is saying that Biden committed his own crime as president, violating the Constitution, uh, violating any sense of balance. What is wrong constitutionally, Ben Domenech, with the, uh, the Biden program to forgive, oh, at least some $300 billion worth of student loan debt. Well, first off, I have to say thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to join you. I uh, really think that this is a perfect definition of how much the executive has seized power a way that is under the Constitution appropriately ascribed to Congress. Uh, in, in, in terms of the expenditure of these funds, uh, the justification for it that is being alleged by the White House is absolutely absurd. Essentially, they are saying that because there is an emergency uh, situation in America as relates to COVID-19, they have the ability to, with the stroke of a pen, uh, you know, make this debt disappear. Uh, for Americans and to and to you know essentially uh, push it into a further borrowing that is going to be settled by you know future generations of Americans if the bill ever comes due. It's totally out of touch with the way that the Constitution you know uh, ascribes the different powers that be within uh, the different branches of government. No president should be able to do something like this, whether they are a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, and yet that's what Joe Biden has done, and he's done it in an aggressive way, a way that I think, you know, unfortunately is going to saddle future generations with vast amounts of debt. That being said, there is some possibility, and I think that we shouldn't uh, uh, think of this as being out of the realm, uh, that a future court will find this step to be unconstitutional. I think that that's something that is very much a real a uh, reality in terms of a possible uh, result of, of what could be uh, in front of us today. And so because of that, we could end up in a situation where this is simply a, a an abrogation of constitutional duty in order to achieve a very short-term electoral boost 
Now, the idea being that we are, you know, you're, you're seeing something from the White House that is attempting to, you know, uh, inspire his potential voting base for the midterms uh, to make sure that people come out because they think that they owe him something. And then at the end of the day, a court rules, hey, you never had the ability to do this anyway. The Constitution clearly says that you don't. Uh, and because of that, we don't have uh, any any kind of, of output. In some ways, that would be our best case scenario, uh, because it would mean that you know you don't have that kind of bill coming due in the future. But at the same time, it's just a sign of how far we have strayed from the constitutional limits of power that have been put into place for the executive uh, and that have been put under the auspices of Congress. We really should have a Congress that is stepping up in this moment and saying the president doesn't have the ability to do this with the stroke of a pen. This is, you know, taking the, the pen and the phone governance under Obama to the nth degree. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Are there any Democrats at all? who have at least raised questions about this, because the questions are so obvious. You can't simply make debt disappear. If you could make it disappear with a wave of the magic wand and uh, uh, speaking some magic words, if you could do that, well, you can take care of the national debt that way, too. But there is a cost always, isn't there, when people stiff what they owe you? Yes, absolutely, Michael. I mean, you know, if if, if you could make a debt disappear with a pen and a phone, I would be buying a mansion tomorrow and a, and a yacht the next day. <laughs> but I think that, unfortunately, we live in the real world where that's not possible. Look, there are a number of Democrats who are raising concerns about this, including Democrats who are in uh, very difficult uh, situations electorally. You saw Tim Ryan, for instance, who's running for the Senate in Ohio. You saw a number of other Democrats who are in critical seats, you know, raising concerns about the constitutionality of this uh, and the inflationary pressure that would result because of it. Unfortunately, I, I wish that this was a situation where you had, you know, the vast majority of members, regardless of party, raising, you know, high dudgeon about it because it's so unacceptable. It's so blatant on its face. And, you know, I wish that we were living in a country where that still existed. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's the minority of, of people who are on the Democratic side who are raising such concerns. And there are almost as many people who are on that side from the progressive wing of the party who are saying the problem is that the president didn't go far enough, that he needed to eliminate all debt for everybody uh, and just wipe it out. Uh, which is, of course, absolutely fanciful thinking, but it is a demonstration, I think, of the direction that that party is taking when it comes to fiscal matters. Boy, what about Republicans? Uh, I, I Basically, all I've heard has been out outrage and indignation. And are there any Republicans anywhere who are speaking in with endorsement of uh, the, the president's program, which which uh, who knows what the public reaction is going to be. They still haven't done any definitive polling. But anyone on the Republican side who seems to be supporting Biden on this one? You know, thankfully, no. But one thing you are seeing, and I do think that this is a healthy development, is that there are a number of Republicans who are saying, look, something needs to be done in America about higher ed. And I do think that that is something that's a very responsible position to take, which is to say, you know, higher ed in America has unfortunately not served the people that it was designed to serve uh, in a responsible way for quite a long time. It has not, you know, given people the education that they paid for. It has no skin in the game in terms of whether they are able to pay off uh, the, the uh, you know, massive loans that they've taken with government backing. Uh, and, you know, there's a number of people who have suggested in recent years, uh, you know, including, you know, 
populists like Josh Hawley and others who say that, you know, we ought to tax or in other ways, you know, uh, uh, restrict the levels of endowment that we see from places like Harvard and Yale that have these massive multi-billion dollar endowments uh, and yet have no real investment in whether the people that they educate keep a job or not. Look, I, I think that this is a massive development politically. There is no question that is it is going to result in, I think, a major backlash among the American people. Um, most Americans do not have a massive debt when it comes to higher education, and those that do are overwhelmingly, you know, in the in the pocket of of the sort of uh, graduate degree segment of the population, which overwhelmingly votes Democrat. Those people are not exactly in a position, I think, with in America to say at this moment, we need to be able to reach into the pockets of working Americans, of middle and upper middle class Americans who are working as plumbers, as construction managers, uh, as uh, as teachers and as nurses and say, we've got to take the money out of your pocket in order to take care of our student loan debt. That's what they're doing right now. And I think there are going to be political ramifications for it. And I think that the White House is basically saying, you know what? We don't care about that. We have a limited window of an opportunity to get something like this done without a congressional backlash, and they're going to do it. Well, the congressional backlash will come, I think, regardless of the specific outcome of the midterm elections. Bed Nomanech, his piece, uh, Biden's Unforgivable Student Loan Authoritarianism. It's witty. It's insightful. It's on our website at michaelmedved.com. Ben, thanks for joining us. We will be right back. And there are two questions I think that uh, America and the world are asking about the student debt forgiveness program. Uh, question number one, is it a good thing? Is it going to help our economy? Is it going to help our populace? Is it going to help individuals or help America in general? The second question is, is it fair? And what about those people who are the great majority? The only 14% of Americans owe any student debt at all. I mean, think about it. Uh, do you? Uh, I'm, I would be guess, surprised if there was a vast chunk of people who are listening right now who owe money on student loans. And we have a highly educated audience. It's not that, that people don't go to college, but in terms of student loans, it is not impossible to pay them off. And the idea that you are saddled with some kind of uh, enormous bill that no one can pay and that this is gonna keep you in your mama's basement, as Senator Warren says, it's uh, kind of crazy. You know why? Because the unemployment rate for people with a four-year college degree, and that's who you're talking about for most of the people with this debt. If you have a four-year college degree, the unemployment rate is less than 2%. In other words, that's a low enough to qualify full employment. If you have a college degree and you want to get a job, you should be able to get a job. And the idea that this is even handing money to couples who are earning up to $250,000 a year 
which uh, already puts you several times above the median for the United States, what a typical family or couple would be earning, or $125,000 for an individual, the typical, the median income is about $68,000 in America now. So you're talking about you'd be earning double the median income, double, and you still get your student loan forgiven. Uh, there is a piece in the Wall Street Journal by Preston Cooper, and Preston Cooper, I do not believe, is part of the conservative movement or Republican. He is a senior fellow in higher education policy at the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity. And he writes today that President Biden has announced a plan to forgive between $10,000 and $20,000 in federal student loans for tens of millions of borrowers. It, it's going to impact at least 20 million people. The scheme will cost more than $300 billion, and it will benefit mostly college-educated households that don't need the help. But its most pernicious consequence is the precedent it sets. Colleges are sure to exploit the promise of repeated cancellations by hiking tuition and opening new degree programs of questionable value. The federal government is on track to disperse $1 trillion in new student loans over the coming decades. The, uh, that's over the coming decade singular, one decade. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget estimates that it will take less than a decade for the outstanding stock of student loans to climb back to its current level. This is even after all the payouts, $300 billion worth or more that Biden is uh, promising. Candidates in the next Democratic presidential primary will try to one-up each other with new promises of forgiveness. The uh, moral hazard effect of the decision will be profound. Moral hazard is what they talk about in economics as setting a bad example that people will follow. Students will gladly take out Larger loans when colleges can credibly wink and whisper that higher tuition rates are no big deal since the loans will be forgiven anyway. To capitalize on previous expansions of federal student loan programs, universities have added <clears throat> more than 9,000 new master's degree programs over the past decade. More are sure to come, even though research shows that nearly half of master's degrees do not provide any positive return on investment. And, and by the way, I, I've been sort of debating whether or not to talk personally about this, but I will. Um, I, I have a master's degree. I got a master's degree after I... Uh, was done with Yale College and after I was done with my year of Yale Law School and took a leave of absence from law school and I enrolled in a master's degree program to get a master's degree in creative writing because I thought okay if I don't make it as a book writer which is what I was hoping to do at that age and that stage of my life I will at least have a master's degree which will equip me to teach creative writing at the college level because it's a terminal degree. There is no PhD in creative writing. 
And again, did I enjoy my master's degree program at the California State University, San Francisco? Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the conversation. I, and I do think that my writing improved. I do think it was somewhat useful. Was it worth the money that I invested in it with, without, thank God, having to take out a loan? It was state institution and it was not unreasonable. No, there was <laughs> there's no, been no return. In fact, most people who know me, including, I'm sure, this audience, no one cares or knows at all that, uh, that I have a master's degree, a terminal degree in creative writing. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where the federal government paying for that, if I had taken out a loan, and now had that debt forgiven to uh, what possible purpose helping the public does that serve? Uh, by the way, there are other people in my family uh, who I won't talk about by name, but a, what they say about master's degrees is, is true. A PhD, at least, you get to call yourself doctor. And yes, it can qualify you to do certain things like my wife with her PhD my father with his PhD. But uh, the idea of, of a master's degree, which is usually two years, sometimes more, and can run up to a lot of money, the fact that studies show, as uh, uh, Preston Cooper makes clear, that master's degree programs uh, do not pay off, okay, that's something we ought to keep in mind. In other words, repaying some kind of med uh, educational debt to make sure that you have uh, a physician. But the fact is, if you have gotten your medical degree, you're going to do very well. And the idea that you are going to need federal help and a federal giveaway in order to live your life is preposterous. If anyone disagrees on this, give us a call, 1-800-955-1776. We'll be right back. And on the Michael Medved Show... Uh, talking about a piece written by Preston Cooper, who is a senior fellow in higher education policy at the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity. And he talks about some way that Republicans could actually make progress on this issue of funding of higher education and the whole education industrial complex. He writes, should Republicans retake Congress this fall, they should put student loan reform at the top of the agenda. Already, GOP lawmakers have introduced a House bill explicitly revoking the Education Department's ability to cancel student loans by executive fiat. The bill would also prohibit the department from forgiving more debt through modifications to repayment plans and to cap new loans to graduate students at $25,000 a year. Seems reasonable and useful. Uh, let us go to your calls, 1-800-955-1776, uh, to Kevin 
in Ballard, Washington. You're on the Medved Show. Hi, Michael. Um, I just, I'm calling to, this is more of a, a thought experiment for you, but um, what, I, my, what I'd like to say is that, you know, since the advent of uh, Reagan and supply-side economics, um, the public's been put in this mindset that, you know, we can give unrealized taxes to rich people and, and businesses, and we all benefit. And, um, you know, when a little, when the little people are, you know, I won't say that this is perfect, but, you know, for the average Joe to get $10,000 um, cut from their debt is a huge deal, more so than the, uh, the Trump tax cut, which was supposed to be this great benefit where all these country, companies were going to be so grateful that they reinvest all their money and all this. And, you know, all- okay. uh, Kevin, I'm sorry you hung up because, uh, again, what, what you were doing was the same sort of thing that that President uh, that uh, President Biden did yesterday. And we'll play you the cut from President Biden and you'll see how similar your thinking was to the president of the United States, and don't take that as an insult. It's, he's the president. But, uh, Kevin, tax cuts mean that you get to keep more of your own money that you have earned. Uh, forgiving a student loan means that you get to stiff the government on money that you not, have not earned, that you have borrowed. Okay, it's it's very, very clear. A, a tax cut means that you're going to be paying less to the government of money that you have earned yourself in the private sector through your own effort. But the, the money that people have used to help fund their education is government money that you have borrowed. It is money that you are receiving. And... Uh, if uh, unless you are one of those tax cheats that the IRS now is going to have 80,000 new agents to go after, unless you're one of those tax cheats, uh, you are not taking money from the government. You're getting to keep more of your own money. Uh, this is where President Biden, right after he announced this program, and it was a disastrous announcement. It, he he didn't make sense. He got uh, bamboozled into some kind of strange story about him going to college and wearing his baseball uniform because he was playing baseball. It's very peculiar. But in any event, he, he got asked a question as he left the podium. And he gave the kind of response that I think Kevin wanted to give instinctively. Uh, here is uh, President Biden. The president, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who, in fact, uh, do not own multi-billion dollar businesses if they see why these guys get more effective? Is that fair? What do you think? What about people who paid their loans, though, struggled to pay their loans, and now others don't have to? Uh, okay, the, the president, uh, Kevin hung up. The president did, too. Um, this is uh, uh, David 
Uh, and uh, I don't know where you are, David, but glad to hear from you. Go ahead. Preston Cooper had to say about this bill, this reform bill, that he says the Republicans have uh, already drafted. The bill is a good start, but could go further. To pop the bubble in low-quality master's degrees, Republicans should eliminate federal loans to graduate students entirely and return the graduate student lending market to the private sector. At the undergraduate level, Congress should make colleges financially responsible for a portion of unpaid federal loans. That would create an incentive for colleges to reduce tuition and to ensure that students find gainful employment after graduation. It's a great point. Uh, David in Tacoma, you're on the Michael Medved Show. Michael, hi. David. Hey. Go hey, ahead. You know what? Uh, your your last caller, I thought was, or rather, your last interviewer was correct. You need to you need to change education here. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think their uh, the higher education is way out of bounds here in terms of how much it costs today. You and I are of similar age and similar education level. I wouldn't get a master's in fine arts degree today, but it wouldn't uh, wouldn't make any sense. It did at that time, uh, but I think that the it didn't make any it, sense for me. It it was. <laughs> It was, it was a nice thing, you know, but again, it was a lot of effort and some considerable money, and it was not practical. But go ahead. Right. But what, where I disagree with you, I think that this loan forgiveness program is a good thing, okay? And I put it in the same mix as the PPP loans that were all forgiven, okay? And you take, uh, let me use an example of, when we were in college, okay, when a student who was in medical school finished his medical degree, okay, they all of the all of my friends volunteered, you know, for you know, they volunteered at clinics for the poor, they helped them out, okay. Now and, and over the time this has changed. Now when somebody graduates from medical school, they gotta buy into a practice costing a quarter of a million dollars, they've got a quarter of a million dollars in loans that they've taken out, okay? They have no time for for extra things like helping other people. Okay, it's a burden on them. Okay, and uh, but I think the, your last interview was correct. You need to change it at the at the university level. Okay, uh, so they're not just it's not just a uh, a place where they can the universities can make a profit. Okay, you know it needs to come down to a decent amount. But but let me ask you, Michael, when you compare the PPP loans, they're all forgiven. Okay, you compare that to say a ten thousand dollar loan for somebody who's struggling. I, no, but it, again, most of the people who are the people who own college debt, who earn, uh, who have to pay off college debt, it's the average is um, more than twenty thousand. And uh, yes, I know the Biden program means that the people who got Pell grants will get up to twenty thousand dollars forgiven. And the difference with the PPP loans was they were to actually protect jobs uh, that were immediately threatened. And uh, that actually, I believe, worked out to be a relatively successful federal program in doing that job. We did not have the explosion of fired people and unemployment and hardship 
uh, at the time of the pandemic that people had expected. But uh, this is something where people took out loans with every expectation that they would pay them off. And basically now we're getting a wink from the government and that serves no practical purpose. We will be right back on The MedMed Show. And can a Zeppelin float? Sure, uh, a lead Zeppelin, uh, which you're hearing in the background. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, Joe Biden has been hearing about his presentation yesterday. I'm, I'm sure that his aides have tried to protect him, uh, together with uh, the bad news that he got about Jill Biden, who had a rebound case of COVID. Uh, she had been testing negative, negative, boom, and now she's testing positive again. Uh, wish her a speedy recovery. But uh, the Biden administration uh, is going to take a while to recover from the fiasco of this student loan program, partially because they aren't even prepared to answer very basic questions. Like, what is the core question that anybody asks about any new federal program? How much is it going to cost? How much is, uh, am I going to have to, help to pay for? And when uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the president's press secretary, got that question yesterday, uh, well, it sounded like this. This is clip 15. So you could say this is how much it's going to cost if everyone who is eligible applies. I, I, I mean, don't have a, I, we just don't have a, a number to share at this time. Why don't you? I, look, the secretary, uh, the UN ambassador, the former UN ambassador spoke to this yesterday. We just have to see. It is a process that we just need uh, to take to take a to take a look before we can answer that question. We just don't want to get ahead of ourselves. How is it getting ahead of yourselves? before you announce a program to tell the people how much is it going to cost the country I, this is this is the most astonishing thing really and uh then she was asked okay the question about is it fully paid for and uh this is this is fascinating because of the follow-up question which is devastating uh, listen to clip 14. Do you all believe that this this student loan program is fully paid for? And if it's not, why does the president think it was important to have all of his other spending priorities fully paid for to be fiscally responsible, but not this one? So we do. Uh, we so this again. This is the question that um, uh, my colleague here, uh, Ambassador, got. So we have to get a better sense right of what we're talking about as far as cost but let me True. just let me just say that out loud she is the she is the domestic policy advisor and when she was asked that question so i just want to iterate what she said uh, but we do believe it will be fully paid for because of the because of the work that this president has done with the economy okay so they think it's going to be fully paid for then there's an obvious follow-up Clip 16. If you don't know how much it's going to cost, how can you guarantee that it's going to be paid for, even if you're defining paid for in a way that some of us have questions about? Look, I think what, what I can tell you is this, is that we have done the work 
to make sure that this is done in a fiscal responsible way and a balanced way. Okay, we have done the work. How is it even possible? This is this is like little league. This isn't even minor league. This is this is little league. It's Pop Warner League. It's pathetic. I mean, this is this is the. I mean, again, has I don't know if Kamala Harris has spoken about this yet. I'm not sure how many members of the administration want to speak about this, but the absurdity of coming forward with this program which responsible parties on the in the left-wing press and the right-wing press all over the place it's going to be at least 300 million dollars because it involves at least 20 million different Americans who will get a minimum of $10,000 forgiven of their loan indebtedness and for many of them it'll be $20,000 if they happen to be Pell Grant recipients and that's just the beginning this is also delaying the time period uh, when they have to start or continue repaying. And yet, even though they have no idea how much it's going to cost, they have no idea how we're going to pay for it other than adding to the national debt and adding to the inflation. Uh, and yet, Senator Warren is darn sure that uh, this is uh, going to be uh, just great for the country. Why? Uh, here's what she has to say. This is clip two. Look, I'm not at all surprised that Mitch McConnell is attacking this. And the reason he's attacking it is because it is very, very popular. Popular among Democrats, independents, Republicans, popular. And you know why? Because I don't think there's anybody left in America who doesn't know somebody who isn't struggling with student loan debt. Um, this has become a part of our country now. People for whom their only sin was to want to try to get an education and not be in a family that it could afford to write a check for it. And what we're saying is as a nation, we can do better than that. We can invest in our people. We can help our people. And ultimately, what the data show us is that because of student loan debt, there are many people who don't move out of their mama's basement. Okay, there are many people who don't move out of their mama's basement. Uh, okay, if they are basically trying to get set up with a job, and the idea is if you have completed your college degree, which is a big question, that uh, if you've completed your college degree, then your chances of getting a job are overwhelmingly good. And you can begin paying off your student loan debt. You've already gotten advantageous terms, certainly, in terms of interest rates, which used to be extremely low. The, the idea that this is something that, uh, that America has to pay you to move outside your, your mom's basement... And most people who live in their mom's basement are, are not working down there. They're, they're playing video games or something. Uh, Ayanna Presley also told MSNBC about how the student loan forgiveness, where virtually all of it, uh, and again, this goes to every analysis, goes to people who are earning uh, the, in the top 60%. It does not go to poor people. 
because the people who have been able to borrow money to go to college uh, are, are not, by and large, poor people. Uh, Ayanna Presley, the congresswoman from Massachusetts, says this. This is 6A. Uh, Democrats win when we deliver and when people can feel uh, the transformative impact, the meaningful impact, the day-to-day -day impact of our policies and our advocacy uh, on their behalf. And this is transformative. Uh, this is an unprecedented step uh, to alleviate the burden that people are feeling uh, to the tune of a $2 trillion crisis. And while I know we've been very focused uh, in your most recent uh, clip there, uh, Joy, about the, um, the benefit to young people, uh, this is affecting uh, people from every, every walk of life. Okay, it, how is it a benefit for people who have gotten, gone to work already without college debt? Uh, who have gone to work as nurses, who have gone to work as bus drivers, who have gone to work as carpenters. Uh, how is this a benefit for those people who are not getting any of this money? Uh, she then says it's a win for gender justice. How is that supposed to work? Listen. The fact that uh, 23 million people will have their debt reduced in half, uh, 20 million people uh, will have their debt canceled outright, uh, one in four black borrowers, um, their debt will be gone. So this is transformative. They will feel the impact of this, and this is sound policy in that it is an economic justice issue and a racial justice issue and a gender justice issue and that two-thirds of this debt uh, is bore by women, and it is good politics. It's good policy and good politics. Okay, this is, this is uh, truly nutty. In, in other words... What about, I've, I, we were talking earlier today about the increasing number of uh, traffic accidents and traffic fatalities. And one of the things that people observe about those fatalities is black people are disproportionately victimized by that. And that's partially because they are driving later model cars, by and large. Uh, and the uh, older cars, not later model cars, older cars that don't have the same kind of safety features that some of the new cars have. So does that mean that justice demands that you pay off car loans so that people can get new cars with better safety features? Here's a startling headline. Support for student loan forgiveness varies widely between the American public and those with loans. This is a new NPR Ipsos poll, finds both loan holders and Americans writ large uh, prefer the government to tackle the cost of college rather than forgive existing student loans. Amen to that, which is a sensible approach in this greatest nation on God's green earth.